How we doing all? Welcome to the premiere prod podcast of Spring and Wing in the main events. I am Jason Springer. I'm Troy Wingert. And here we go. This is our first initial podcast. And for those of you who are just joining us, uh, you're looking at a pretty sports-themed podcast. you got two guys who think they know everything. So, you know. Others will tell us we know nothing. Yeah, others will tell us that, but what Actually, do they know? Mo- most people will tell us we know, we know nothing. But again, what do they know? So They don't know anything. Th- that's right. That's so why we're in the same boat. That's why we're doing this. There we go. So today, what we're going to do is we will start off, basically, the, the way the format's going to work is we usually will run about three uh, topics. Uh, and since this is our first podcast, um, we hope that if you choose to continue and to listen, uh, that you will uh, maybe want to chime in and give us some questions via email. Uh, again, currently at the moment, this is our first podcast. We don't have that quite set up yet, but it's coming. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. That way you can chime in and tell us why we're both idiots, which I'm sure some of you probably will, as well you should. But for today, our first topic is going to be the Kansas City Royals. Oh, Lord. I know. You're I, really going to lead off with that? Well, you know, I figured let's take care of the painful stuff first. This way we can end on a happy note. Well, that's kind of like uh, good news, bad news. You always give the bad news first. There we go. Okay. Let's, yeah. Let's let's go with that. And, and I mean, you know, uh, I'll bring up some ideas that maybe we can talk about maybe some positives, future possibilities for the Royals. We'll see. Well, this is definitely where we know everything. Of course. And it's going to sound like it. Uh, well, yeah. But, yeah. Fire at will. Fire at will. So, looking at the Royals, you know, um, currently, you know, it's clear that they're not going to win the division. You know, when you see Cleveland winning 17 games in a row, there's no point in even trying for that. And there is 20 games left. However, you know that, right? I do know that. But I mean, that, that, that they're not mathematically eliminated yet. Valid. But we are not mathematicians here. No, we are not. We're just realists. Because monkeys might also fly out of my butt, but they're not going to win the division. Yeah. Mark that. Mark that. I'll, I'll bet you on that one. Uh, so, you know, right now, obviously, we're just shooting for the wild card. And, you know, we're since we won today, so far, we have won, and Cleveland has not played this evening. So, right now, we are three games back. However, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter. Cleveland has Baltimore tonight, correct? They if do. If I'm not mistaken. They do. They're also in the wild card hunt. They're they're hot. Oh, yeah. yeah they're, uh, they're swinging the bat well. Um, back to the Royals, though. Yeah. Back, look, listen to that sadness in your tone. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's fantastic. And so, you know, when you think about the Royals, we all know what's going to happen. And, you know, it's it's really no it's no mystery why. You, when you've got five pitchers on the DL, you're missing Duffy, and you're missing Carnes, you're missing Flynn. It, it's clear that there's no mystery why this is going on. The big question, though, that I have about the Royals isn't so much this season, but really what's going to happen to their future. You know, when you've got five players, four key players, you got Hosmer, Moose, Escobar, and Kane, who are all up for contract this year. Vargas is as well. Yep, and so uh, is Cabrera. And Melky is as well, I yep. believe. Yep, But those those four that I mentioned, that seems to be kind of the nucleus that everybody's always kind of concerned Absolutely. about. Absolutely. And, you know, the big question is, so which, because clearly the Royals, they can't afford to keep everybody. You know, money doesn't grow on trees, so you got to – you know, if you're dating more, you got to start making some choices, and you got to make some hard choices. So my question to you is, I mean, if you were dating, who 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 would you keep? You know, Spring, that's a really tough question because uh, I mean, if you if you take away the uh, value of 
who we want now i mean does it financially does it make sense to give eric hosmer say eight years and 22 million dollars a year i mean it's not our money so Valid. but i don't think that i don't believe that eric hosmer unfortunately in this market is worth that now mm-hmm. somebody will so you know what is a guy like mike mustaka is going to command you know um because that's the intriguing the most intriguing one i mean he has a a great glove he yep. plays premium defense yep um that's a more premium defensive position than say eric hosmer and he's uh, having a power year at the plate and he's he's had a breakout year yeah. so is, is that gonna is he gonna command a very high amount on the open market he could um and this is where you're this is gonna get a little dicey because you've got your boy uh pablo alcides escobar <laughs> yeah uh great Go glove pablo. guy el mago i think yep. rex hudler calls him uh that's the guy that i think most most likely they're gonna bring back um, See, I, I, I don't know about that, man. I mean, Lorenzo Kane, maybe, but again, he's what, 32, 33, and he's probably going to want a four, five, six year deal. And that's that's the problem with baseball. That's a whole different podcast debate that we will have that at some point. But I'm as far surprised as they didn't already get rid of Kane, because, I mean, you know, earlier in the season when the Nationals needed a center fielder, his value was incredibly yeah, high. I'm kind of surprised nobody pulled the trigger on that one. So, getting back to your question that you posed, who would I bring back if yeah. I was Dayton Moore? I honestly would have already gotten rid of all of them. Really? I would have. Uh, just, in just order clean, whole clean slate. I mean, do you really think that there is a reload with this particular roster? I don't. That's a good it's, question. It's, it's more of a rebuild. Yeah. And all those, you know, four or five, especially the four main core guys, you could have commanded a pretty good price on the open, or uh, I'm sorry, in the trade market. Yeah. Uh, their value was never higher, in my opinion, before, you know, going into the, uh, the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. But again, that's why we're sitting here and we we don't call we don't get to make the calls like Peyton Moore does. <laughs> exactly. So, I know that we probably went over our time a little bit for this particular right. uh, segment. But what does Jason think? Who would you bring back? You know, and if you tell me all five of them, I'm going to throw this microphone at you. That is not going to happen, to be honest. Um, There's that fantasy land talking again. Honestly, the only one who's been consistent year after year after year. I would say, unfortunately, is Hosmer. And I say, unfortunately, not because I don't like him or anything like that. I say, unfortunately, because he will be the one who will demand, and kind of rightfully so, Mm -hmm. command the most money. And I think if the Royals are going to spend money, then that's probably who they'll go after. I mean, Moose has already stated publicly a few times that he wants to retire in California, that he wants to end his career there. Escobar... You know, we got we got Torres. Yeah, we we got people who can fill in for us. Mondesi. We got Mondesi, even well, even though he's, in my opinion, he's trash. But that's a different st- story for another time. He's twenty one years old. Whatever, dude. Anyway, whatever. But yeah, I, I guess probably Eric. But then you know, then we and we were we were talking about this earlier. So minus the players, if you were Ned Yost or if you were Dayton Moore, you won a World Series. You did. You won it with a team that yeah. you that you put together with mm. your club, your boys, and you know your your team is going to basically be broken apart. So, is are you asking? Or is it time for both of them to move on? Yeah. What do you think? I think I think Ned wants to write off. He wanted to write off in the sunset with maybe another playoff push, uh, just because you know Ned's so competitive, you know. But I just I don't see him having much left in the tank to come back and endure this again because. I mean, I think you and I can agree that they're going to be pretty just awful next yeah, year. Yeah, I, I don't see them yeah, going I mean, it's, anywhere, it's, anywhere it's, but down. I mean, it's kind of tough to have any, you know, 
positivity about next year when you know our left fielder who granted he is one of the best left fielders if not the best left fielder in the game is hitting 206 with six home runs and what is it september the 10th and the key word there is fielder not batter yeah i wonder if we could uh talk to mr manford the mlb commissioner about can we get a designated hitter for the left fielder and the pitcher both <laughs> that would be fantastic i mean shoot if if jason vargas is on the mound i mean he was a pretty good hitter in college yeah, why not? yeah. can't Just be any it, worse than this a-hole uh, i agree but hey we love the guy but uh there's a lot of things swirling around kind of yeah. like the uh, the winds down there and the yeah you know the southeast which pray for all of them but clearly they've got Dayton Moore he's got his work cut out for him I mean they got one hell of an offseason to go through and I don't envy that guy that's no. a lot of decisions to make and Mr. Glass uh he's just gonna have to bring the Brinks truck back up to uh Kaufman if they want to keep any of these guys and yeah. I don't I don't see him doing that it's, I, yeah it's rollback prices isn't it kind of isn't that the motto I, I think so I think so all right so Let's move on and go to something more positive. Yeah, now, we? now we're talking. Are you there talking about Thursday night? Hell yeah. Oh, uh-huh, here Hell we go. Yeah. So take, what, it on, take it on home here, Big Daddy. What do Daddy. you think about that game, man? What are your reactions well, Thursday? What, do you, what did you see? Uh, I saw uh, Bill Belichick never crack a smile, which he had absolutely nothing to smile about. You know why he didn't crack a smile? He didn't have the hoodie on, man. Oh, that he, he wasn't comfortable. He, he was out of his element. And ESPN, we're the ones that figured this out, not ESPN. <laughs> That's right. And what are we getting paid for this? Nothing. Hey, we're having fun. Love and admiration. Uh, the one thing I will say, and it, it, I have to, I have to redirect back to first game last year against the, the San Diego Chargers at home. Alex had his best game mm-hmm. out of the gate. Mm-hmm. National stage again for Thursday night. He did everything that we didn't think he would do. Yeah. And then you got a little kid from Toledo named Cream Hunt that, oh my God, when he fumbled that first play, I literally wanted to go crawl in a hole. Yeah. And then, I mean, it, felt that, very that, ominous. that's that's yeah. one of the greatest uh, debuts in NFL for a rookie since 1970. Yep. When, what was that? Was that? No, it wasn't Herschel Walker. Anyway, we don't need to talk about the, the 1970s because nobody, I wasn't alive. There you go. But I was, uh, you know, we the only thing that I was really concerned about is we didn't get a whole lot of pressure on Tom Brady. Granted, they have a, a one of the better offensive lines in football. Well, but we didn't get a lot of pressure. But till the was, till the latter part of the game. But that was part of the game plan, though. I think that's what Bob Sutton was trying to do because in the first half you saw him drop eight and only rush three on purpose. And yeah. I think they kind of flustered Brady because all of a sudden he's looking down the field to throw it to somebody and everyone's just covered or or you, in some places you see double teams. And granted, he was able to find some holes, and Sutton did. He did a good job mixing it up between man and zone. Sometimes it almost looked like he was using both a little bit. And, you know, back to your point, you saw Sutton make the adjustments during halftime. And Absolutely. All sudden, and all of a sudden you saw Justin Houston coming off the edge and getting sacks. You saw D Ford putting pressure. I mean, you saw, you know, Brady. We didn't, we didn't let him get used to that first-half defense. All of a sudden, we threw something different at him, and he wasn't ready for it. The one thing that, that I really did not care for – now, granted, we still got the win, so who really cares what my opinion is? Sure. Most people will probably chime in and say we don't. <laughs> um, I did not like how number 50, Justin Houston, who is getting paid a ridiculous amount of money to mm-hmm. get in the backfield, he was covering, God blessed, running backs out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, he wasn't alone. You saw a lot I know. of linebackers covering running backs. Obviously, I'm still a little butthurt about this because I, I, yeah. I really wanted to – I don't wish anybody getting hurt, but remember like 10 years ago, nine years ago when Bernard Pollard sacked? I do remember that. Yeah. So yeah. I was I was kind of wanting to see that again because, I mean, I'm just tired of New England. I really am. 
No, tired I, of the ho- I'm tired of the hoodie. You know what? I'm not going to lie to you, Tired of man. deflated balls. When I see Brady go down in a sack, there's a part of me that, that I'm... Don't get up. I'm a little happier than I should be. Yeah. But hey, you know what? Now that, now that the Kansas City Chiefs are not playing the New England Patriots, do whatever you want to do. I don't care. Yeah. Because you know what? I, I want to be back there or they come to our place in January. Well, and the one thing I really liked about the game is you saw not only Sutton, but you also saw what Andy Reid did. and Because, you know, he's been kind of criticized in the past for sometimes being a little too conservative mm. or, or he'll mm-hmm. be very kind of – he'll try some trickery and then he'll go back to being conservative, then he'll go back to being tricker, trickery. But this is one of the first times I've ever seen the Chiefs just keep the foot on the gas the whole game. They never stopped. They never let up and said, okay, you know what? There's three minutes left. There's five minutes left. We got this game. Let's just kind of relax and just run the ball, and, and that's it. That's not at all. I mean, it was just we're going balls to the wall the whole game. That's what I want to see. That's the Chiefs that I want to see all year. If they can do that and continue that all year, we're going to go some places. Man. We're going to have a lot of fun is yeah, what we're going to do. Gonna be a fun year then. Um, this question was posed to me the other day is the Spencer Ware injury. Was that a good thing for the Kansas City Chiefs? It's never a good thing to lose well, no, a starter, but – I mean, that allowed Kareem Hunt to come into the fold and show that, hey, I can be that fe- featured back and, and tote the rock and I can be your workhorse because, God dang it, he was fun to watch. You have to go ask, after, after that first play, that is. Go ask Tom Brady about injuries. Was it good that Drew, Drew Bledsoe got injured? I think Tom Brady would say, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's valid. Yeah. Speaking of injury, though, the one thing mm. that uh, that came out of Thursday that was very niche geek, not good, was uh, we lost Eric Berry. Yeah you know, uh, for the year with an Achilles injury. That's just, um, that just broke my heart seeing that. Well, you know, I, I think I think it's it, everybody knows what he's been through. Exactly. Uh, you know, so we don't need to touch, get into that. I mean, but, that's, that's but, the one guy you really don't want to see that happen to. Yeah. But, you know, it's not going to be possible to, you know, duplicate slash replicate what Eric Berry does for the Kansas City Chiefs. Not just the defense, but the entire team. Mm-hmm. You know, up and down the roster. I mean, he. You see him talking to guys on the sideline that oh, oh, yeah. may not even play that day, but he's he's making sure everybody knows their jobs, mm-hmm. everybody knows their assignments. He's a very assignment sound guy. Mm-hmm. He keeps everybody in front of him from the backside of the defense. This is where you're going. You see him walk up and pat somebody on. He's a on, great on, clubhouse on. guy, and that's that's exactly my point. Yep. I mean, the the thing that is going to hurt, in my opinion, the Kansas City Chiefs the most is not having his leadership on the actual field. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you this. Um, his mentality, as in Eric Berry's, is is he is now, while he's going to be doing all of his rehab, he's going to get the surgery and all that good jazz, but he will be another coach out there, and he will make oh, yeah. dang sure oh, yeah. that all of his men are ready to roll, and they're, they're not going to, he's not going to allow anybody to feel sorry for him. Yeah. You know, they didn't, he didn't let anybody feel sorry for him in, in 2014. Um, he's going to be there, not necessarily a cheerleader, but I mean, he's going to be, ready to get everybody motivated and you know like like Andy said next man up that's how we operate yeah yeah that is the one thing um you know that I do like about Andy Reid is one of the many things actually is that he doesn't treat anybody I mean whether you're Alex Smith Justin Houston all the way down to the practice squad guys in training camp mm-hmm. they're all Kansas City Chiefs they're all football players yep. that is that is it and it, it, it kind of back to Bill Belichick I mean it's the system Andy Reid has a great system in place, whether it's on the offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball, and special teams. Everybody is one, and that's exactly what they're going to do that with, the, with, the, with, with uh, yeah. the loss of Eric Berry. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. And so I, I think, you know, you, you might see teams try and take advantage of that, and they'll try, which that's valid. That's sure. natural. 
you know, just like they try and take advantage of our secondary now because, you know, we got Peters on one side, but the other, you got Gaines or Mitchell, whoever's lining up on that particular, yeah. that particular series. And you're just yeah. like, okay. And, and so, you know, people will, they're going to test it. They're going to test it. But I do think, and you brought up a good point, you know, just because he's doing, he being Eric Berry is going through the surgery and the rehab, what have you, he can still be present. He can still talk to people. He can still kind of help out a little bit. And I think he he does have that passion that he would want to do that, um, because I see, I see him kind of and and what made me think of this was you mentioned Hunt and coaches, I kind of see Eric Berry kind of being like Eric Bieniemy, mm. uh, you know, and I I kind of think how much credit does he deserve for what Hunt's been able to do, and I, I kind of feel like that maybe he's an unsung hero a little bit, sure, because I bet he really took Kareem under his wing during minicamp and just really got him ready to go. So, but you know, as far as Eric Berry, that's a tough one, man. I mean, it's that that's going to be the big question mark is that is our defense and, and just just our secondary, without a doubt. You know what? One thing we did not touch on. Well, let, well, let me back up the train a little bit, but I because I just wanted to throw this out there. Yeah. That, uh, Alex Smith threw for more yards and touchdowns than Tom Brady yeah, on, oh on yeah. Tom Brady's home field. Well, see, that's the Alex that, Smith. That's that pretty. I, that's pretty flipping cool. That's that's amazingly cool, and that's the that's that's the Alex Smith that we all have been waiting for for a long time. Because I mean, he could do this. He had well, games we, in San we, Francisco. We thought we no, never saw it as a Chiefs. We never yeah. saw it as a Chiefs. But I remember watching him in San Francisco, and he would throw deep balls, and they'd be caught, and he'd have good games, get a lot of yardage, get three touchdowns. I'm like, okay, sweet, I'm liking this. Remember, he also had a guy named Vernon Davis that See, was very similar to Mr. 87. See, that's that's the thing. I think that before maybe this year, Alex really didn't have a strong receiving core, not only a wide receiver, but coupled with that, you have to, have to also bring in the tight end and having all of those positions and having the entire receiving core. I think that's kind of one of the things that maybe has made Alex go, okay, I can do this. Then, of course, you know, I don't think he'd admit this, but – there's a good chance this will probably be his last year. And so for Alex, I think somewhere there's a little inkling in the back of his mind. This is a contract year, so he's going to show people what the hell he can do. It, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, I, I personally think, and I, I think we discussed this the other night, that there's a little uh, heat on his shoulder. Oh, yeah. You know, number 15, you know, the, the rookie's breathing down his neck. Yep. And I think when he saw that kid, you know, his arm talent, He's like, oh, you know mm-hmm. what? Here we go. I'm gonna have to start slinging the ball down the field. I gotta move the dang ball, or I'm not gonna have a job. Exactly. Um, but the 537 total yards is how many the, the Chiefs had the other night. Yep. You know how many New England had? How many? A lot less than we did. I would say 371. Then, by the way, 537. That's the most ever, ever by a Belichick team, even when he was with the Browns. That's the most ever in his coaching career. That, he's, that hit that one of his teams has ever allowed is that fine. is shocking. That's that is the most because the Browns have been atrociously bad for yeah. years. You, yeah, that is shocking. But that that's that's it, man. Well, the one thing uh, there was a couple things that were kind of uh, disappointed, and that's that you know we didn't get to six hundred total yards. <laughs> um, it would have been really cool if we could have scored like sixty nine points. Which, by the way, the total score added up to sixty nine. I don't know if anybody noticed that because right. I'm kind of you know immature and weird, I, I, yeah, okay, and, right. and weird like that. I'll give that to you, dude. Nice shot, bud. Um, we've got a lot of interesting things coming up that you and I will be discussing. Very uh, much so. You know, for those of you that are you know obviously first time listeners because it's the first time we've done it. <laughs> uh, Captain Obvious here. Yeah. 
you know, we're going to kind of keep it somewhat local, but you know, if there's national things, oh, very much so. I mean, you know, we'll we'll hell come the World Series, we'll be talking about that because clearly, clearly, the Royals won't be in the World Series, but we'll probably have some conversations hey, about that. Weren't they in the World Series here a couple years ago? Yeah, that was what, like, thirty-two years ago? Was that right? Uh, Something like that? Yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Hey, the Cubs were in the World Series last year. Just, yeah, they I just were. wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. Yeah, that's that, which is good. Well, with that, we want to thank you for listening in on our first initial podcast. I had fun. I had a great time. And you have been listening to the main event with Spring and Wing. I'm Spring. I'm Wing. And we hope to have you back again. And our plan is we're going to be hitting up, hitting you up every single week. We're not exactly sure what day yet. It's just going to be a floating podcast. Yep. Whenever we freaking think we need to do something, that's when we will. But at least a week. Every, every week at least. Thank you all for tuning in. Appreciate it very much.